Hi, I'm Jasper. Hi, I'm Alex. Hey, this is Sir. And I'm Kaylin. We would like to acknowledge the Wurrung and Boonarung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land in which RMIT conducts the teaching and learning. We would like to pay our respects to the Wurundjeri people and the unceded lands where we have created this work. We additionally would like to pay our respects to all First Nation elders, past, present and emerging. Today we're going to be talking about the State Library of Victoria. In front of the library you'll see Melbourne Central Station, which was actually originally referred to as Melbourne Museum Station because the library itself was a part of the Melbourne Museum and housed the National Museum of Victoria and the Science Museum of Victoria. Those buildings later moved to different parts of Melbourne and the State Library expanded. That's why the library feels like it's several different buildings. To the left of the library, you'll see the iconic RMIT building. He said it! And finally to your right, you will see QV Shopping Centre. In front of the library, you'll see several statues, including the Bunyip of Aboriginal mythology, and of course, a statue of a very important figure in the library's history. Something interesting to note is that Raymond Barry, the judge who sent his neck colleague, actually stands outside the library. His sculpture is directly in front of the library, and ironically, inside the library is armor that Nat Kelly actually wow. wore. The library has very diverse collection, and the armor forms part of the collection. Besides, in order to display in front of people, each piece of the armor needs to be regularly cleaned to make sure it's in good condition and have a good look. Meanwhile, his armor is State Library Victoria's most popular and most controversial collection item. It's because as the Australia's most notorious bushranger, he has split public opinion for more than a century. Edward Nat Kelly is a criminal who robbed and killed to some people, but a heroic underdog to others. Initially, they were unwilling to exhibit the armor in front of the public because of its controversial nature. While as the State Library Victoria's conservation manager Jan Hayward said, whether you think he's a hero or villain, he's definitely part of history. They are encouraging people to make their own interpretations to the armor. Other part of the iconic library architecture, the reading room is actually named after the library's second founder, Charles Latrobe. Wow. An architectural marvel of the early 19th century. The Latrobe Reading Room may well be the reason that the State Library Victoria is the business public library in Australia. According to its YouTube channel, the Reading Room opened in 1930. This six-story techno reading room is based on the design of prison. One of the practical reasons of designing like that is in order to convenience the librarian. In the past, the chief librarian would sit and control the space and ensure it meeting silence. <laughs> In that case, this design could help librarians to develop a better vi vision. While this area nowadays has a number of creative features, for example, sometimes the library invites opera singers and DJs to perform on it. The Latrobe Reading Room within the State Library of Victoria has its significance in Australian history. Its prison-like structure was used to great effect in a 2005 music video by Australian old rock band Faker. I stand in line The video for the song Hurricane incorporates the reading room's oppressive, prison-inspired structure to great effect, showing the band bucking social norms, dancing around on the harm table tables and benches of the library with great abandon. 
The song discusses the difficulties of fitting into an overbearing school system that attempts to force the protagonist into line and others him for not being like everyone else. The video's use of such revered institution as the stately reading room to evoke such imagery is juxtaposed perfectly by the band's complete irreverence. Of course, this is not the only piece of musical history stored within the library. An extensive collection of musical pieces from modern day classics like ACDC's Guitar Tablature, Like Ice, to historical pieces including the works of Mozart and Beethoven. But perhaps one of the most important pieces of musical history within the library contained are the works of Australian composers such as Melbourne-born Peggy Anvil Hicks, whose piece Sinfonia da Pacifica evokes a sense of adventure and triumph with its great trumpets and singing violins. These sort of pieces present an important and often unrepresented piece of Australian history, creating a small part of the fundamental Australian identity that we know today. For such integral pieces of Australian musical history to be remembered and understood, it is important that they are preserved for future generations. Thanks, Jasper. It's fascinating to know about the history behind those great musical pieces. It just made me thinking of how valuable those things truly mean to us. But at the same time, it also reminds me of how vulnerable it could be. Just as one of the greatest libraries in the human history, the Great Library of Alexandra in Alexandra, Egypt, it was one of the largest and most significant libraries of the ancient world, and it was the capital of knowledge in the ancient history. How phenomenal it was! But the library was just accidentally burned by Julius Caesar in 48 BC. What a great tragedy it was. And Nowadays, I feel like there's such a great responsibility for us as the people to ensure the safety of those treasures. And it seems like the State Library has been making actions regarding that area. The State Library began digitizing their collections early on in the digital age in 1993. Since then, they have digitized more than 770,000 library items including photographies, maps, 19th century pamphlets, glass plate negatives, and very rare artworks on paper. And they're also actively building new online collections based on specific themes. The collections such as World War I Unit Histories, the World War I Unit Histories contains description of battles, unit moments, and operations taken from the diarrhea extracts and letters of servicemen. Not only globally, there's something very locally, pretty close to us, such as the Victorian Historical Journal. It was firstly published in 1911, and it contains fascinating commentary on major issues and events over the decades, and includes photographies, book reviews, illustrations, and maps. With the development of technology, it is truly a big duty for us to ensure the safety of those treasures for our children in the future. And fortunately, 
the state library is doing the step-by-step. Bringing the library into the 21st century is no easy feat. As Sars already stated, the library is attempting to digitize its extensive collection, preserving these ancient texts for future generations and allowing for greater range of access. With the rise of the internet, most information has become completely accessible to anyone, anywhere, at the flick of a thumb. We can access all kinds of information in condensed, bite-sized forms, and this begs the question, why do we need the library? As we see this shift into a more digital experience, we also see the library itself shifting and growing to accommodate the needs of the public. Whilst the library's collection may not be as tantalizing to people today as it was a century ago, the library has evolved its services to suit the demands of a modern audience. You have ruined a perfectly good library with your demands and chatter. The recent Vision 2020 expansion saw the library grow with up to 40% more floor space and around 70% more seating. Free Wi-Fi and several projects aimed at digital engagement with patrons have also allowed the library to expand well and truly into the 21st century. As we move into the future, we can also see our definition of the library changing, and we see this most evidently through the State Library of Victoria, which has transformed from a stuffy, authoritarian place of strict silence in which knowledge is hoarded for the elite few, and into an open, bustling hub for working class people to find tranquility, knowledge and a place to relax. From the green lawns out front, filled with students, workers and shoppers sprawled out enjoying the sunshine, to the study areas lined with row upon row of desks for people from all walks of life to go about their business. The library is a haven for the people of Melbourne to escape their stuffy, noisy apartments <sighs> and simply enjoy the serenity. How's the serenity? To me, I still remember the first time visiting the library with my family, with my parents. The beautiful decoration and those small, very delicate details suddenly got my attention. But more importantly, I feel like this place gave me an aura and the feeling from the environment that this is a place that building up a capital of community and it has been a reminder of culture and humanity to me every time when I'm just crossing by this place and the building of library. To me, the State Library of Victoria is a historical artifact where part of Victoria's history is being preserved, but also preserved in a way of how things are and how they've always been inside the library with the same arrangement of tables and chairs as study spaces are open to the public. The library is a time capsule that allows people to create their own history as well. To me, the library reminds me of being a little kid and just wanting somewhere to be myself outside the house, to just exist outside the confines of my own home. To me, the library means not only about the fancy reading room and the fine collection itself, but more importantly, it is a witness of history. Every time I go there, I'm always immersed in the rich historical atmosphere which brings me a great sense of peace and relaxation. Thanks for listening.